Roses are red, violets are blue, my parents are dead, I like the color black. We're talking Batman Mask of the Phantasm on today's... We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to Kidflix, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and go to a totally boring opera with your parents, SMH. Um, my guests today, uh, they are the co-hosts of the dying, uh, I'm just, of the podcast, Dying Message, the detective anime mystery podcast. Uh, it's, it's Noah and Michael. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey. It's us. It's us. How are you guys doing today? Well, we're uh, we're in the same room where we always are. Yep, the same room we never leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quarantine is fun. Uh, that that must be like because it's one thing if you have a roommate or you're living with somebody and you spend all of your time together because uh, you know you're quarantined in place. But then you guys are also doing this podcast together, so now even like creative outlets are being blended in with each other so uh without uh hurting the other one's feelings uh are you sick of each other of course uh, not no not no. <laughs> Ooh, one i thing, thought i got a scoop one further detail about our, our lives is that we have a quote-unquote studio apartment so we are literally in it's a lot of one bed yeah yeah the oh. same room at all times except the bathroom the bathroom is not an open plan bathroom yeah that's like uh i was watching the queer eye uh in japan season recently and like the guy has like a basically an office set up in his bathroom so like maybe you guys could do that if uh you're early early on i did it i did a meeting no it did take a meeting in the bathroom while i had like a job interview thing yeah at one point how did that go Well, he got the job. I got the job. Wow. And, Noah, and I was fired. I know it. No, um, it's very convenient yeah. to be on a meeting and in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. That's great. I like, I, I mean, also it's, it's hard because that apartment that you got, like you were not planning on having that be like, have all this office space. Like, no, uh, I just yeah. moved to an, an apartment during quarantine and like, uh, I literally just put all my office stuff like in the corner of the dining room that yeah. I'm just like scrunched in all day. Oh yeah, the desk I use is very small. We only incidentally have it. We weren't like planning to need a desk at all. So it's really just jammed in the corner. And Noah's uh, poor Noah's office is the dining room table. So <laughs> kitchen ta- it's our, also our kitchen table. It's also our game table. It's also our <laughs> We live in a room is what we're saying. Oh yeah, I remember college. Uh... <laughs> it's also our least used sex surface. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, speaking of least used surface, the Bat Cave. So today uh, we're talking about um, the classic uh, movie from uh, 1993, uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Um, and so you guys chose this. So tell me a little bit about your uh, relationship to it. Well, for me, like growing up, uh, I grew up with that sort of like the beginning of the DC animated universe and like yep. your Batman series, your Superman uh, and this movie. And so it's got, it's, it's basically like for me, like the first time I was interested in like comic book characters. So kind of formative for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I came at it from the other side. Like I, I think I mostly saw Batman in reruns on Saturday morning cartoons and such. And then the Justice League series that spun off of it. I don't know if I, I feel like I saw this movie at some point, but rewatching it, 
like Mike was describing everything that happened and knowing all of the plot twists. And I was like, I think I recognize this character. I think I've seen this before. <laughs> I think I've seen this Batman guy before. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is he also Bruce Wayne? <laughs> Shh, don't tell anybody. They're, why are they played by the same voice actor? <laughs> so I, I never really, I wasn't, um, I didn't do like these superhero TV shows. Like I, I know I've, I've been told that like Batman, the animated series is like legendary. And I just remember this now, the closest that I ever came to watching like superhero animated shows was did either of you watch uh crypto the super dog i was aware of it okay Wait, no is his name crypto it is crypto it is crypto yes. that's name- superman's dog from krypton <laughs> mm-hmm. yes uh, crypto the super dog superman's dog named after the thing that kills superman <laughs> but also the planet he's from yeah yeah. Uh, so Crypto the Superdog, it's a classic story. Uh, it's basically <laughs> we see when Superman's either at work as Clark Kent or fighting crime, uh, Crypto solves uh, easier cases, I guess. Yeah. So like cases that just involve like biting a, uh, a villain on the butt. And then that's every episode. Oh my God. I know, I know too much nerdy stuff and nerdy references. Um, there's also, there's also in the super family, like, a horse from Krypton that Whoa. I think is associated with Supergirl. What? Oh, that's yeah. a Supergirl. Okay, because Supergirl that's... gets a horse. So, so she's a horse girl. She's also super. Uh, no, uh, mm, uh, mm, Supergirl. Mm. <laughs> but that's I. I also know nothing about like Supergirl, Batgirl. Yeah. I know that like they're they have also like they're an entirely separate continuity to them. So it's kind of like an alternate history thing, like Miles Morales as Spider Man, right? Well, it gets there's just tons and tons of continuities. So the right. Batman show, the Superman show, the Justice League all happened in the same shared universe, which is the DCAU, along with uh, Batman Beyond, Static Shock, right. Uh, what was that? All had crossovers. Yeah. I, th- I think that's mostly it. Um, so the weird thing that we learned on Wikipedia is the character Phantasm, who is lovely, like a nice conversationalist, has a <laughs> scythe for a hand, um, was made for the 1993 movie. And just now, in the year of our Lord 2020, for the very first time, she's appearing in like the main DC Comics universe. Oh. Like, it, it really took all this time for, they just, like, ran out of other superheroes, and they're like, oh, this one that people liked from nearly 30 years ago, let's yeah. finally get her in there. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, you know, Harley Quinn came from this animated universe as well. Like, she she was on the Batman show first before she was in comic books. Oh. So they're like, let's see if we can strike gold twice. She was in the Batman show first before she was Kevin Smith's daughter, Harley Quinn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So she's, it, it's interesting though. She started in the Batman universe as uh, Gotham Kevin Smith's daughter. And then they were like, that's a good name for the Joker's uh, unhealthy yeah. relationship. Yes. Kevin Smith started in the Marvel universe, completely different superheroes. Um, so <laughs> I like how you talked like you were going to say more and then you're like, nah, I'm good. That's, well, that was enough. <laughs> you know, I'm tr- tr- Trying not to get edited out too much in postscript. <laughs> no, I would never do that to you. Also, editing is a lot of work. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> so, uh, so this, I, I, and again, just not having read any of the comics, and I haven't seen Batman the animated series. Is this like the Batman animated series origin story type thing? Like, because in this movie we see 
a version of how the Joker, where the Joker came from, we see um, part of why Batman doesn't ever have, or Bruce Wayne never yeah. has a girlfriend. Yeah, I'll let Mike answer that. But yeah, watching this, it, there was so much flashbacking going on, and it was it was kind of dull. Yeah, I mean, this it was this very aired in theaters, like like right after the first season, maybe in terms of timeline. So I ma- I have to imagine they were developed together yeah. as a, you know, one is promoting the other and, and back and forth. And it is literally like an extended episode right? with a higher budget. It looks, it, it if you watch an episode of the show and you watch this, it's the same animation style, same kind of character designs. Um, I, Wikipedia tells me that the show was not typically as violent as the movie is. Right. Because uh, a boy was this surprisingly violent. Yeah. Yeah, lots, lots of, lots of head boo boos, lots of uh, people like, dying and explosions. Chins. Yeah, I think he kicked a tooth out of Joker's mouth, and we just looked at each other like, "Is it this violent?" Yeah, he <laughs> kicks the tooth out of the Joker's mouth, and the tooth like trails like a little bit of blood. Yeah, and I for sure like my parents didn't take me to see cartoons in theaters; they didn't have time for that. I saw this like airing on the WB Saturday mornings, probably like two years after it came out. So I have to imagine I saw the edited version as a child. And it was less violent. Yeah. yeah. And then it's crazy because the Joker that happens to him and he laughs like he enjoys pain and things that yeah. we don't like. Yeah. Uh, the Joker. Well, we were also reflecting on, I mean, Heath Ledger, of course, is a, was a great guy. Uh, Jared Leto, Joaquin Phoenix, like I wouldn't want to hang out with either of them. Yeah. Like Heath Ledger named after one of my favorite candy bars, one of the best Jokers. Named after one of your favorite candy bars and uh, one of my favorite things for uh, taking notes on. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so but then uh, this this was my first introduction to Mark Hamill's Joker, which everybody kind of lauds as like, you know, better than Nicholson and like, like brings a whole new dimension to the Joker character besides just like he's fucking weird and wears a fun suit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I had it. I watched a couple. Uh, I got nostalgia and I watched some Batman animated series maybe two or three years ago, about 10, 20 episodes. But even watching this, I was like, I know it's Mark Hamill, I can hear it because I know it, but I wouldn't have known, I wouldn't have made that connection mm-hmm. if I didn't know already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he, I mean, he he kind of has a second life, uh, after all the Star Wars stuff, like, he just basically only does voice work now, and yeah. I mean, he he killed it in this. Like, I like ten seconds of the Joker being on screen and taking uh, the mobster <laughs> through the abandoned Gotham World's Fair. I was like, okay, this yeah. guy I like. I I like what's <laughs> happening. With Mark this. Hamill, of course, very uh, well known for his voice work in The Last Jedi <laughs> <laughs> and Rise of Skywalker when he whispers like Force or whatever at the right. end of that one sequence. <laughs> exactly. But I definitely felt like the Joker is. I wasn't sure how big of a part he was going to be in the movie to start with. But for me, there was like the first half of the movie before the Joker was introduced. And then the second half of the movie when he was introduced beyond being very violent, this is not like a laugh a minute children's movie. And he's maybe the only person in the whole movie that makes jokes other than my favorite character, Alfred. (laughs) (laughs) Alfred is so shady in this. I loved it. Yeah, I like Alfred with a backbone because you kind of get the impression through a lot of other Batman media that he's kind of just like, okay, sir. Like you kind of think of him as Woodhouse from Archer more than like 
oh, a guy that's been with this kid his entire life and is the only person that knows his full truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I like him. But um, yeah, I mean, real uh, the movie really perks up once uh, the Joker comes in. Because I'll be honest, like the first half of this movie before the Joker comes in, I'm just like, this is just a really sad movie. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, I love the music, hands hands down. Like, music is great. Um, and the visuals are, are nice as well. But it's like, yeah, it's not super exciting. Yeah, it does have this, like, visually, it's this very specific thing where it, they did, it's not the 1940s. It's not modern times. It's like this weird, like, timeless blur of the two. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of lost that in the later seasons, but it, it's firmly in place here. And it's it's pretty neat. Yeah, like the giant like bat computer or whatever. Like it's very modern in the 90s, but it still like has that like timeless feel of like, oh yeah, this is just like a scientific research device or something like that. <laughs> right. Like there was this very specific point where he had like two words flashing on the screen and he was like, wait a minute, st- uh, detective stuff. Like it was well, just two words on a screen. Uh, Batman was introduced in Detective Comics mm-hmm. in the 40s, 30s, one of those. Something like that. So sometimes awesome. people people uh, call him a detective. Well, uh, who is he? Pikachu? So classic. So uh, in the in the <laughs> animated series, uh, Rachel Ghoul actually referred to Batman just as detective. Like that was the name he called him. Uh huh. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's all. I well, because and it, like I and. You see this in every kind of Batman media that like people call him just like a, a vigilante, dangerous, but like yeah, whenever you see Batman or Bruce Wayne like working on a case, like he is being methodical and like really putting time and work into it. Like he doesn't beat up random people so, usually, right. unless like he's really upset about something. Yeah, he's uh he's a real broody mooder though. A Brucey uh, mooder. <laughs> uh he was giving me strong, like, Angel from the TV series Angel and previously <laughs> Buffy vibes. Yeah. And I guess it's that Edward Cullen type. And also, much like uh, Buffy and Angel, they spent half this movie hanging out in a graveyard. Oh, yeah. There was a point when one of the, the mobsters was being targeted in the graveyard, and he picks up just, like, a garden tool nearby, and it looked like he was holding a stake standing in a graveyard, and I was ready for some vampires... <laughs> I mean, Maybe this is also number. this is the meat cute of all meat cutes because Bruce Wayne and Drew Beaumont, while they're both visiting their parents' graves, right? They're both separately like ta- having conversations with their parents, and he is like, is he legitimately clueless that he thinks she's talking to him when she's talking to her dead mom? That he keeps interrupting her dead bomb conversation. She's like, you are six feet underground. And he's like, no, I'm not. (laughs) Legitimately, it's like one of the reasons. Well, we're led to believe he's this playboy type. And we see him at a party with these women flinging themselves at him. But maybe it's just because he's in a cemetery. Like nobody got game in a cemetery. I don't know. I don't know. Nothing says let's fuck like talking about our dead parents right like five feet from their corpses. (laughs) Well, at least six feet. At least six feet. At least six feet, because they're <laughs> underground. Yeah. Oh, I thought they were so underground. Distancing. I understand. <laughs> um, oh, that's really smart. I guess, like, all dead people are social distancing. <laughs> God, this is awful. Uh, <laughs> that got dark. Yeah. I mean, go on. Batman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, one thing that I realized while watching... So, uh, 
Michael, you brought up that scene where uh, Bruce uh, is like being the socialite at the party and you're seeing him as the playboy and women are flinging themselves on him. Uh, in this cartoon, uh, Bruce Wayne looks so much like Mark Cuban. <laughs> Um, yeah, they all actually are just pitching their various products. Um, you know, the, the first one, she has designed um, a, a negligee that's also negligible. Um, <laughs> okay. And the, the, the second one has a flying car thing that she's trying to pitch. And then he goes, Shark Tank, more like Bat Cave. And then he says, <laughs> oh, wait, I mean nothing because I'm Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I also like that Andrea Beaumont figures out that Bruce Wayne is Batman and it's just kind of tacitly understood at a certain point that she like there's no big scene where he's like how did you figure it out because it was so obvious and she didn't have to be dumb and not be able to figure it out and it didn't have to be a big deal right it's like she should have like she already had all the information she needed and then she saw Batman at the Wayne gravesite so it's like yeah yeah, what's well, also like, uh, yeah, like it's just super obvious. And like, having only really seen the Nolan Batman movies, like, I didn't realize how little Bruce Wayne changes his voice, regardless. Like, even in this, he does not really change his voice at all. He's like, people are never going to believe that Bruce Wayne would be Batman. So I'm just going to keep doing my thing. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Uh, but uh, just like a little backstory. So, uh, like we were saying before, this whole movie uh, kind of is, in a way, telling uh, a backstory on the or- like the early days of Batman, of how um, Bruce met uh, Andrea and they fell in love, and this was going to be his real uh, his way of uh, kind of repaying his parents of being like, I'm not going to be a vigilante. I'm going to donate money to the police, and like me being happy and successful, that's what they would have wanted. And then uh, through a series of very convoluted events, uh, his life <laughs> falls apart and he realizes like, okay, no one will ever love me. I'm going to be Batman forever. And I, that's that's basically the movie. Yep. Did I hear you almost say series of unfortunate events and stop yourself? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, it even gets to the point where, and- where he proposes to Andrea Beaumont and she takes the ring. Um. And then, an five million bats, an and, then, and then five million bats fly out from the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the bats has a little ring in its mouth and it drops it into her hand. Yeah, nothing, nothing like watching a movie in the time of the coronavirus pandemic and seeing a stream of bats fly out at two people. Well, as he talks about in this movie, the reason he adopted his identity is to strike fear in the heart of criminals. Mm-hmm. And what strikes fear in the heart of criminal, if anyone, right now? I'm COVID, man. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. Well, I mean, his mask is not uh, COVID-19 friendly because it covers every part of his face except for his mouth and nose. It's also completely attached to his cape because there was that part where he was running from the police Uh and he had to, like, throw his cape off. And he also took his mask off. And I was like, you didn't make them two separate pieces? (laughs) Well, it's, like, it's, it's like a jumpsuit or something. Like, you can have all these different pieces, but, like, having them all just, like, connected so you can just easily throw it in the wash. Like, that's... I don't... I just... I feel like it must be so heavy on his neck having his big, like, cape attached to his head. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Ross, something we missed out on in this movie, something that I certainly 
did did not appreciate the lack of and I'm sorry for you that there wasn't more of it was uh bat gadgets things with the prefix bat in them yeah um, this was kind of bullshit and I there wasn't there weren't any like thwaps and conks there was uh, a bat plane there was a bat plane the police took plane. that there was a bat like motorcycle he threw that into a jet engine yeah I feel like there was something else he also just like threw away did we even expensive. get a batarang we had some no. little batarangs yeah some little batarangs i don't remember there weren't that many gadgets because this like this movie was more of an emotional tale than uh oh he a- also had some point. badass caltrops that he popped like a semi yeah. truck tires with and i'm like that's that does have to be some caltrops now i'm just imagining if someone thought they were sitting down to watch the lego batman movie but <laughs> got this instead I've I've said this on the podcast several times, but I went on a date uh, to see the Lego Batman movie, and that was the last date that we went on. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not like the Lego Batman movie? No, I very much liked it. He seemed uh, not on board. Okay, wait. Tell tell us more. <laughs> so it was it was our second date. It was right before my twenty first birthday, so like we couldn't just like grab a drink somewhere. So my proposal was to go see the Lego Batman movie, and we saw it. And, like, I've become, like, a more confident person. I was not confident then. So, like, I kept putting my hand closer to his hand, like, ooh, Mm. maybe they'll brush and then we'll hold hands. And that just never happened because I was going so glacially slow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, My my movie date story is it was the second Hobbit movie. Ooh. That's a a long buy-in. And we went to get drinks first. Uh, we were, I was just out of college, I think, and he was just out of college. And the drink portion went so bad. I was like, this is, this is the last date. I knew it. He spent the whole time, like, swearing vengeance on people and complaining about things. And what? Then... Wait, hold on. Were you on a <laughs> date with Bruce Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was very rich, and he rode away in, like, a Batmobile. Okay. Um but th- but I already had bought tickets to the movie and like it would I'm not the kind kind of person where it's easy to for me to be like upfront. I mean I'll be upfront, but to be like no, let's not watch this movie. Bye. But it's also like you go to the movie and like if you're not feeling it, then like you can just sit there, you can eat your right snack or whatever, and just watch the movie and enjoy it. So, but I was very much playing like dodge the hand where he would try to come over and I'd be oh. like. Are you not reading these vibes? And afterwards, he sent me this text, like, um, something like, hope to see you again soon. We didn't hold hands, winky face. (laughs) And I was like, oh, no. Is dodging hands in a theater more or less awkward than Matrix dodging a kiss in a bookstore? (laughs) Oh, you've told me that story. You haven't told me this story or the audience. (laughs) Yeah, so I had a date that I already knew was going bad, but he had told me about this like used bookstore I was really interested to see. So I was already like, Uh I'm out. But I wanted to see the bookstore, so we went to the bookstore anyway. (laughs) And then I suddenly found myself, like he had directed us into like this narrow bookshelf, like dead end. And I turn around and he was coming in for it. And I matrix like full like Neo oh, no. my back and like dodged it in slow motion. And I was just like, before I even straightened up, just looking at him and I was like, oh no, this is about to get awkward. Yeah, you, you leaned back, you grabbed a book off the shelf and you came back up forward and you're holding the book in front of your face <laughs> and he kisses the book instead of your lips. I wish I had thought of that. 
Yeah, it's like in movies when like a detective is hot on your trail, so they just have like a newspaper with <laughs> eye holes cut in it. <laughs> yep. So it sounds like we've all had bad dates, but uh, unfortunately we didn't have as good of a date as Bruce and Andrea did at uh, the Gotham Expo. Yeah. Which Or the, the Gotham Fair, Fair excuse me. Um, which I actually was looking this up the other day trying to, because I would love to go to a World's Fair. It's like a weird like little dream of mine it seems like fun uh unfortunately they're all in like brazil and dubai for the next five years so uh that's not happening anytime soon but um it was a lovely world's fair where you see all the innovation that's happening in gotham like uh a woman (laughs) cutting dinner and (laughs) the robot has a name what was the robot's name hazel oh that's Um, right I'm so sorry. And there's also like the gold statues that sing like a a song about like future and wonderment, mm-hmm. which I really liked. Very Epcot. Well, yes, yes for but sure. Nightmare. I mean, that's what Epcot basic like Futureland and Epcot is basically these World's Fair. Yeah, it was the 1964 World's Fair, if I remember correctly, is when Carousel of Progress. It's a small world. Uh, moments with Mr. Lincoln, and I think there was one more attraction that was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys, that, there were no notes on that. I just knew that, which is uh, mortifying. <laughs> <laughs> so far, uh, I was you, impressed. You say that, Thank and you. we trust. I trust you on that. Well, that's that's the Ross guarantee with kid flicks. You'll learn. <laughs> uh, well, speaking, you know, here's just like a random fun fact about this movie, and I know we're kind of just going all over the place with, with this, but um, so you guys were saying that this was kind of produced right after the first season of the Batman animated series. Uh, so this was originally going to be a TV movie, probably was yeah. going to be like just an hour special. And Warner Brothers was like, actually, this looks kind of good. We're going to make it a movie. Here's a little bit more money. You have eight months to completely put this entire thing together to put into theaters, which for any movie is kind of fast. But for an animated movie yeah, uh, is torturous, like uh, right. Shrek and like all those animated movies, they take like three years at least. So uh but the quality is there with this. Like they clearly had a good script and it does, it feels a little bit padded at sometimes, like how it takes so long to get to the Joker. But other than that, like it tells a full story. Yeah. Well, so uh, the animated series, uh, they actually had a, a subcontracting uh, through a Japanese animation company, which later became Sunrise, which is like a, a very like nineties popular anime studio yeah. oh. uh, that grew out of that. So they had, they had some help for sure getting it done on time, I imagine. Uh, but that's good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the kind of thing that Mike will frequently bring up on our podcast. Yes, I'm the anime nerd. Uh, <laughs> that's also classically how uh, Big O, uh, which has so much in common stylistically and thematically with the Batman animated series, uh-huh. uh, came to be born. Mike keeps trying to tell trying to tell me about this Big O anime that looks exactly like Batman the animated Just series. Imagine if instead of being Batman, Bruce Wayne had a giant steam-powered robot. And it's the same thing. Ooh, I like steam. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were saying Big O, because I thought Big O was the name of the production company that did like Jimmy Neutron, because I remember like the end credit where there's an O and then the monkey with three eyes that say, hi, I'm Paul. I remember that. I don't know if it was Big O or not, but I believe you. Somebody who's not us, let us know. Uh, but so like what what parts of this uh stick out to you guys because i like we've kind of summarized the basics of it oh wait a big thing that we missed is that uh andrea's dad is involved with the mob Mm -hmm. and 
that's kind of her motivation. Spoiler alert, as being uh, the phantasm. Uh, so she's killing off mob bosses because they killed uh, her dad after he paid his ransom money. Right. Well, it's funny that you're, you're uh, positing that as a spoiler because that is actually one of the biggest uh, examples of toys spoiling movies uh, because oh. they sold the phantasm action figure before the movie came out uh, with Andrea and her mask was off in the packaging. Oh my God. So they spoiled That's... the whole movie with that toy before it ever came out. Tisk tisk tisk. Are you are you a big are, are you a big like toy person, Michael? No, I'm not. Thank God, I got away from that. I used to buy a lot of figures. When Looks over at our Amiibo collection. <laughs> they're and in a box. Pop they're girls. in a box. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some pops. That's true. Yeah, um, well, everybody's got at least two Funkos because either somebody gave them to them, or you're like, oh, that's like ten dollars. That's kind of cute. And then you're right. like, what do I do with this now? Yes, two. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the other thing I wanted to say about the gangsters is the first one who was killed was named Chucky Saul. And if that's not a name for a gangster, then I don't know what is. Um, how about I, I see your Chucky Saul and raise you a Buzz Bronski. Now, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the third one, who is the one that lives the longest. Mm-hmm. Oh, Salvatore is, the Weezer Velestra? Yes. Yes. Is voiced by Abe Vigoda. Yes. Um, who's my main reference for Abe Vigoda is when he would appear on Late Night with Conan O'Brien when he was like 90s year, 90 years old. Was he ever not like 90 years old? That's my question. <laughs> uh, th- th- I ask myself that every day. <laughs> um, I mean, of course, we all remember Abe Vigoda uh, as the character Bill Fish in Barney Miller. Yep. <laughs> As well as the spinoff of Barney Miller entitled Fish. <laughs> Is that a sitcom? Yes. Sounds like a sitcom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like he's raising... Oh, oh, he, he becomes a foster parent. That's like the most spinoff premise you could have where it's just like, I don't know, he has kids now and he's not ready to be a dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess people would also be yelling at us because Abe Vigoda is also very well known for being... Uh, Salvatore Tessio in The Godfather, which uh, I've still never seen any Godfather movie. Is that why the mobster was named Sal? I That wouldn't surprise me, but also Sal is just such a classic just mobster name. Apologies yeah. Yeah. to anybody listening named Sal, uh, unless you're my freshman year roommate named Sal. Because... Uh, uh, you were you were hard to to live with. Uh, was it because was he hard to live with because he was in the mob? Yeah, and like the bed, uh, his bedroom was always super wet because he was always sleeping with the fishes. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm out of jokes. Oh, and uh, and uh, he had a weird smell in his room because there there was also a horse head in there. There Wonderful, great, Ross. Cool. If, I, I I feel like if you run out of jokes, then just the podcast like like just cuts and goes dead. In that case, then this podcast has been dead for two years. (laughs) Oh no. Wow. Just kidding. We like having fun. Um, I also, uh, I was, so I I knew that the Joker was going to be in this movie at some point, but I guess partially because of the character design style, did either of you expect like the penguin to also show up at some point? Uh, No. Oh, okay. I also well, I, I'm not a good test notes. case because I I knew this movie already. So. He knew so much. Yeah. No, I wasn't looking for the penguin. I mean, like I said, I wasn't even sure that the Joker was uh, gonna be the big sure 
like thing they fight at the end because there was a phantasm and all that going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Classic phantasm going on. No, but the, <laughs> anyone like would have fit scene, right in. The scene right after the Gotham uh, fair where they see the, this guy in a pink coat getting beat up. He like he has like that shortened stoutness of uh, the penguin that I was just like, oh, yeah. is uh, that about to happen? Nah. <laughs> well, I I figured that at that point. <laughs> um, Did you all spot the Joker in the old mobster photo? No. But before they revealed who it was, yeah. No, I didn't. Oh, it's the same. It's the same face. Yeah, but yeah, that's the thing. They all have the same face. There's two face. There's the (laughs) there's the round nose and the pointy nose in the Batman universe. That is fair. Um, The Joker is so Jokery. Like, (laughs) end of episode, and that's it. He well, there's the right before the big confrontation. So he's been hiding out in the World Fair, right? Because it's a creepy kind of carnival mm-hmm. circusy vibe thing, which is mm-hmm. where he always hangs out. And he definitely was putting his penis in that robot lady. In the yeah. exhaust well, I mean, pipe. What, what? <laughs> you see her. You see her slicing salami. So like, right? He he brings bologna, and she slices it for him. And then later, he uses that as a weapon. <laughs> he, like you, Ross. If he ever runs out of jokes, he dies. Well, he doesn't really tell jokes. He's like, you're stupid. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Wait. Oh, my God. I can't believe I didn't think to bring this up already. I have a Batman tattoo. <laughs> Wait, <What>? but why? <laughs> it's a bat signal. No, so uh, so on my, uh, le- uh, my right thigh, I have the, uh, specifically the Dark Knight um, outline uh-huh. uh, Batman symbol. So my brother is a big uh, Batman fan, and for his Bat bachelor fan. party, uh, impulse, impulsely, uh, him and the other uh, members of the wedding party all got uh, the Batman symbol, and I didn't get it that day because I had never gotten a tattoo, and then mm-hmm. I eventually worked up the nerve to get one. But so for my brother's birthday, I got uh, that tattoo, and he saw it, and he was like, that's so stupid. Uh, <laughs> and then that was the end of it. <laughs> His bachelor party. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I yeah. also have a nerdy tattoo. It's on my left ankle, uh, and it's a Kingdom Hearts tattoo because I was already in a relationship with Noah, <laughs> and I decided I was never going to have to earn sex again. <laughs> Wait, Kingdom like Hearts. That that's like the that's like the like the mythical side of Disney, right? It's like yeah, it's it's animated. It's like the director of Final Fantasy VII decided to take. Disney characters and make a weird action RPG out of it. Yeah, among the other things Michael might have chosen if he was here by himself is like one of the Kingdom Hearts spin-off movies. <laughs> no such thing. Well, they turned some of the games into sorts of movies. A little. Either that or I, I've never reviewed a video game for this podcast and I'm not good at video games so that there could be a first time for everything. Yeah, <laughs> that's a spin-off podcast. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll call it... Um, Kid flicks, but video games. <laughs> kid, kid games. Kid games. Great. Uh, uh-uh. Kid flicks 360. <laughs> oh well, you need like, like you need a gaming service, but to insert ca- kids into it. What was the one? Gamefly. Oh, Gamefly. Yeah, yeah. Kidfly. <laughs> Game kid. <laughs> oh wait, Game Boy. Oh, Game Boy. There you go. 
Perfect. that's actually good. Okay. <laughs> what, are the, what are the chances that's not already the name of a video game podcast? And it's a guy that takes chances. video games very seriously. And I'm just like, I hit the A button and he jump. Um, <laughs> uh, so, okay. I have a question for you guys. Please. So every Batman movie or media that I look at, Gotham is such a hellhole. Like, mm. can you guys think of any advantage there is to living in Gotham if you are not like the three billionaires that we see or the mob? Cheap. Uh, lots of cool abandoned things to check out. Yeah, lots of warehouses where you can have like scary installations, I guess. There's always people at the cemetery to chat up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Actually, I guess uh, Gotham has what looks like a pretty robust public transit system. I would, I mean, I would totally go urbexing into that World Fair. I yeah. say that as if I've like I'm the person who's ever done that. Urbexing, urban exploring. I I'm, see. I am so interested in the idea of urban exploring, but also scared that. Um, there will either be like a murderer that's hiding there or like a cop will come by and yell at me for doing that. Also, the could, a condemned structure could collapse on you. That's true. And then I would get condemned by the uh, coroner's office. And then your, a relative of yours would be at your gravestone. And then they would meet the love of their life. They would meet would the love of their in, life. Entrenched in the mob. Um, wait, but it's actually, so you mentioned... Um, Urban Xing, um, because you know we're in quarantine right now, and you're trying to find anything to do. Um, so we we all live in Philadelphia, and like an hour or two outside of the city, there's an abandoned uh, military neighborhood. So like there was a military base, and then they built an intentional community where the military mm -hmm. families would live. Yeah, and it was mm -hmm. a it's been abandoned for like 20, 30 years, and, and that's where you're I, living. I would love to live there. Well, the Wi-Fi is so bad there. But like, I I've, I watched like two videos of like these guys going around and they're like, man, these floors are so nice still. And like, I really want to do that. But I'm also so terrified of like tripping an alarm or like somebody with a flashlight being like, hey, you. And then that's it. Yeah. So I don't know if it's like urban Xing, but I definitely uh, did visit like the old decrepit, like abandoned site of the 1964, I've now Googled World's Fair in New York City. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, uh, which I got a lot of the similar vibes and uh, from the Gotham's World Fair abandoned site. Now, were you going there to um, kill the Joker or to stop your ex-fiance from killing the Joker? Or to uh, use a robot to slice lunch meat. <laughs> <laughs> uh mostly the latter yeah oh, definitely cool. the lunch meat yeah we we often take you know the round uh megabus trip up to new york city just to go to the 1964 world fair and slice <laughs> our lunch meat <laughs> like you know we don't we don't have any really good knives here in our kitchen yeah wait so what where where is this world's fair thing because i would assume that it's just like it's it's just like a random like building in New York or uh, like, so where it's is in it? the Flushing Meadows Corona Park in Queens. Corona Park. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> let me put a uh, let me put a pin in our Corona conspiracy board. Great. <laughs> God, that's yeah, so cool. I, I was just hanging out with a friend who liked abandoned stuff, and we just he yeah. took us there, and uh, yeah, not something. And is it knew. true that like nobody really cares? Nobody cares. 
Yeah, like like if 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 like somebody just sees somebody going into an abandoned structure, they're like, yeah, who the fuck cares? Oh, I think it was like okay to go in there at the time. I think since it's become like officially like blocked off. Oh, yeah. okay. We may he may have been motivated like they were maybe had just announced they were going to block it off or something, and that's why we went. I don't really remember. Well, because there's also here in Philly, there are several like abandoned uh, subway stops that just like they're not connected to any line right. anymore, and they're. Like, I know that there are guides of, like, if you go down, like, this hallway in this old municipal building, like, you can get there. But, like, uh, I've seen Into the Spider-Verse, and that scene is scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound great. I don't, I don't think I'm going to jump on doing that one. Yeah. Okay, fine. Well, someday, someday, Michael, uh-huh. I'm yes. taking your hand. We're holding hands. Um, someday, Aww. we will leave the apartment. <gasps> And someday we will go somewhere. Oh my gosh. And we will do something. And we'll walk places. Um, Be still my heart. We'll get tired from, you know, our feet will get sore. Maybe stop somewhere for ice cream. Oh, will you complain about your back being sweaty? No comment. (laughs) Wow, get a breakout room, you two. (laughs) Zoom! (laughs) Zoom. That's you by Zoom. Yeah, and we're not even using video right now, so we're just using the magic of ear ear sound, yeah. uh, hearing. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Guys, we've been we've been talking for like two hours. <laughs> it's been a long one. Um, are, I'm trying to think. Are there any other things uh, about this that we haven't really discussed yet? Uh, for, I, Mask of the Phantasm. So I I I want to say first of all that I wrote down what I call an alternate title for this film. Great. Batman versus the threat of being happy. <laughs> I mean, that's the through line of the entire franchise of Batman, I think. Because he's like, oh, I could be happy or I could be Batman. Hmm. This kind of reminds me of like how, because all three of us do comedy and like that is kind of a weird <laughs> mentality that a lot of comics that you run into have. They're like, oh man, like I could like go to therapy and like be happy or I could keep doing open mics and they all choose to do <laughs> open mics. And it's like, you could do both or like you could, you could try to like do other stuff that you want to do. No, yeah. no, no. There's this whole thing where like art fueled by like childhood trauma. It's like, you can be, you can be at peace with yourself and still make stuff probably. Yeah, um, you could talk about airline food regardless of your relationship with your family. I also want to talk about underwear outside of pants. Of oh course. Yeah. They don't do that anymore. Yeah. But Why not? This is definitely an, an underpants, outside of the pants version of Batman. Like, how are gay men supposed to have realistic yet still slutty costumes if they can't just remove the tights portion of a costume? Also, like, you can't, you in this timeline of having underwear on the outside, you can't, it's harder to be gay in a superhero because, like, all straight men, like, they have the same underwear. It's just, like, whatever, tidy whities are like, blue boxer briefs. But, like, gays have so many more options and, like, fun patterns to work with. Yeah. Right. Let them show it off even when it's cold outside. Yeah. Even though, like, I would hate being a superhero and, have it, like, doing that partially because, like, like, you would have to wash your pants a lot more often and, like, you shouldn't be washing your pants that much. <laughs> That's the reason you don't want to be a superhero. Yeah. That and also any responsibility, because like oh, work yeah. responsibilities. I'm like, I'll do that at like 2 p.m. and it's like 9 a.m. But like, 
when it comes to saving lives, you can't really dilly dally on that. <laughs> yeah, and sorry, but responsibility is something that comes with great power. Okay. Hmm. That um, sounds familiar. <laughs> we can't talk about that that franchise. It's a different comic book. It's a different comic book company. Yeah, are um, there any? Are there any superheroes or any like origins like that where they have like totally alive? family members or parents sure yeah especially uh, some modern ones i can think of like ms marvel come um kamala khan kamala uh, harris we're we're watching uh black lightning and that's practically a family drama it's like a family of superheroes well but his father was killed when his father was killed but his he's he's there for his children yeah um that's interesting then uh i mean there's the fantastic four they have kids mm. and their parents were alive. All I know about their kids is they're like weird and maybe <laughs> psychic. I don't know. Yeah. I think it was, you know, it's like in the thirties and forties. Yeah. Everybody had dead parents mm-hmm. because of polio. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I was going to say a lack of creativity. Oh, that too. Um, <laughs> Everyone with parents grows up well adjusted. So you have to have no parents in order to yeah. be, a socially damaged superhero. Well, I think I also, I think I was reading an article about Disney the other day and they were talking about like, you know, cause that is a stereotype with them that like a parent, a father, mother figure is dead uh, because like that just forces the character very quickly to like, oh, I got to mature and I got to like discover who I am. And it's just like the easiest yeah. way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Which well, that's the, a shame. The premise of the Runaways which was a comic book not too long ago and recently a series on Hulu is that they, all of their parents are super villains, but they become superheroes. Oh, I like that. That's a different conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, well, great. I have some, I have another, I do have one quote written down and I can't let us end the episode. Yes, without please, 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 please. Mm-hmm. I was talking about how Alfred is the star of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and very early on when Batman comes home, he says, Oh, by the way, I pressed your tights and put away your exploding gas balls. <laughs> oh, that's relatable. I, I, I say something like that every night. <laughs> put away your exploding gas balls. Oh, see, that's why Batman can be a superhero. He has someone else to do his laundry. See, that's all you need, Ross. <laughs> okay. If I, if I can ever hire a cleaning person, then I can <laughs> become a superhero. We're going to hold you to that. Okay, yeah. deal. Yeah, I, I'm just going to start sending you guys my pay stubs so uh, you just know exactly how I'm doing. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, I'll write uh, it down on my, my ledger. Okay, great. Ooh, and I'll eat my Heath bar. Uh, <laughs> so uh, now, now's the part uh, of the podcast where we're going to go into rate. Uh, so uh, we rate everything on a scale of zero to five. You can be as specific and minute with decimal points as you want. And then we will average our scores together to oh, no. uh, officially rank Batman Mask of the Phantasm. So um, how about Michael? Just because uh, you seem to be the uh, spearheader of this choice. Uh, I'll start with you. What do you, what do you want to give this movie today? It's just the one category, one, out of, one to five? Zero to five. Zero, zero to five. five. I wasn't going to give it to zero. Uh, I don't know. Spoiler. I was worried that my nostalgia glasses would be a bigger factor, but I think it was like kind of solid as a movie. I've seen worse Batman movies uh-huh. like for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Batman uh, Vampire. As like a 
childhood movie. Batman I'm, Ninja. I'm going to give it a... Well, let's not talk about Batman Ninja. Uh, I'm going to give it a four. I really Wonderful. Like uh, what about you, Noah? I'm also leaning towards four. I think there's just part... Well, uh, you know what? I'm going to give it a little less than four because it does drag a bit. Like the action, there's so many things that are good about it, but if you, even if a child that's like just of age for this to be appropriate, like a 10 year old, 11 year old or whatnot, to imagine like them just sitting still and having the patience. For sure. Mm-hmm. Some kids could do it. So on that count, I have to dock 0. 0.05 points and give it a 3.95. I thought you were going to go lower. Well, I decided not to. Okay. Well, it's funny. I, I'm just about there with you guys. Like, I, I agree that for my first outing into Batman the Animated Series, this was really good. And I think um, you could tell that it was that the studio asked them to, like, add a little bit and stretch it a little bit. I think yeah. this was like a, an hour special, like a season finale or a season premiere. I think this would be wonderful with that. Um uh, yeah, I, I think it definitely dragged a little bit and I think they could have made flashbacks and flash forwards to the present a little bit clearer. Cause yeah, I got confused very, ones. Yeah. So I'm going to be giving it a 3.9. So that means crunching the numbers, <laughs> you're giving, uh, Batman mask of the phantasm, a collective score of 3.95. Wow. Which let me just run it through our very intense algorithm, which is a Google sheet. And that puts it at a pretty good point. Uh, that puts it right uh, above Lilo and Stitch and right below uh, the TV series, Hey Arnold. Huh. Which hmm. feels weirdly appropriate. I think, yeah. <laughs> like I would put this on par with Lilo and Stitch in terms of like, it's fun, but also there is like a lot of deepness. Uh, there's a there's a joke that I almost had formulated. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of deepness to it, like the deepness of Batman's voice. Okay. Mm. And and the pit of uh, despair and mm. corruption in Gotham. Mm. Yeah. Oh, we also forgot to mention it, but there was a point where um, the Joker. Uh, kidnaps a city official and gives him laughing gas, and he's like laughing in a. Oh yeah, that was in the so intense. That was the that was probably the best part of the movie. I loved that part. Uh, something, yeah. I went to because I was like, "Is this for kids? What's going on here?" So I googled it, and I found one of those like you rate if this is for kids websites or not. I don't know if you ever traffic on those. Oh Ross. yeah, like Common Sense Media. Yeah, it was Common Sense. Um, and one person called out that scene as being like a particularly disturbing moment for kids. Someone else ta- said when they were six, they watched it and the phantasm was scary. Yeah, yeah that just, part, that part's fucked. I just have in my notes, like everything else is pretty much like a sentence, but here I just hit caps lock and wrote tee hee 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 hee. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. he, he got jokered. Yep. He got jokered. Oh, fun uh, Fun fact that I found about this. So when this movie was in theaters, um, Mark Hamill went to just a, a local screening just for fun. And the screening was like really bare. Like there were like maybe five or 10 people in the theater total. And he made all of them uh, sit with him and watch the movie together. Cute. So that just confirms what we already knew that Mark Hamill is a cool, great guy. 
Except for that one time he said one thing negative about Star Wars and then the salty fans used that as proof that everything had gone wrong. Yeah, when he defended The Last Jedi, that was it. <laughs> uh, I'll say Last Jedi is good. Um, guys, thank you so, we liked so, it. so much for coming on uh, the podcast. So um, would you like to tell everybody about your uh, wonderful and somehow more niche than my podcast podcast? <laughs> it's the nichiest podcast, but we do try to make it like accessible for people to jump in on individual episodes. Maybe if there's like a specific person that we have on that you want to listen to, you can definitely jump in for an episode and check it out, see what it's all about. Um, because we try to like fill people in and, and cover that sort of thing and, and find the fun in this genre of anime where like very elaborate mysteries take place and children are constantly put in danger. So if yeah, you like if you liked the reveal that Andrea was the phantasm, it's just that like a hundred times. But nonstop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that that is the dying message, uh, the detective anime mystery podcast, and uh, I will be uh, on it at the end of the month uh, on August thirty first. So uh, uh, you guys had me watch five episodes uh, <laughs> of a show that I had never heard of, and <laughs> yeah. we try to we try to dissect the the very intense mystery. Yep. We're, we definitely started with the most obscure uh, detective show we had on our list. Uh, but it's well, Yeah, fun. so that way you get like the diehard fans of the genre and then you can bring everybody yeah, yeah. else in with uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> the classic mystery anime, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, is, uh, is there anything else you guys would like to plug? Uh, Do you have shows coming up? Uh, sure. So I, uh, like several of your previous guests, I'm on the improv team, Daddy Issues. And we're, That's actually, right. we're just starting to do uh, what we think will be monthly performances. So look for us on Facebook, uh, Daddy Issues Improv Comedy. That's all I got. That's all right. you got. Yeah. And Noah, you and I are on uh, an improv team, but uh, we, we haven't decided yet of how shows are going to work yet. Yeah. The world is so weird right now. I think what I will plug is um, uh, take your time. <laughs> gosh, I'm, I'm like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell everybody that they should go and they should watch more television. Okay, no one's doing that during the quarantine, Guys, so that's a download good Quibi. Maybe <laughs> so now more than ever. Yes, for I, the love of God, I get a small commission when you download Quibi. So. Right. Actually, you know what? I'm going to probably watch it right when we're done recording, but uh, Disney Plus just uh, released the new Muppets show, Muppets oh, yeah. Now. We just watched the first episode. We watched it already. Yeah. I should have plugged it. Ooh, Please, it's, actually. It's good? Sorry, Ross. Let, yes. me, let me jump in here. Please do watch that so they make more of it. I mean, it wasn't the best thing ever, but it was, it, was, it warmed our little hearts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm very excited for it. Uh, and you know what? I think Matt Vogel is doing a great job as Kermit. Calm down that he sounds different. I haven't calmed down yet. I'm st I'm starting to get used to it. Um, you have to get over that thing because like so many times people jump in and really do the same voice and really capture it. Like he's done a good job of capturing the spirit, but you, you know, it's different. Yeah. You know, uh, and yeah, so so watch Muppets now. Yep. <laughs> uh, and as always, you know, follow us on social media and rate and review us uh, where you listen because it really helps us out. But that is all for today. We will hear you in a fortnight. 
uh, and go, go gadget end show. Boom. We did it guys. Yep, yep.